Welcome to the Covenant Life Center podcast. Our goal is that this message builds your faith and gives you hope. Enjoy the message. But to the believer, angels aren't to be focused on, but they have to be recognized. So if you're taking notes today, please take notes. I'm going to say a lot of important things here today that's going to help you. And I stick with the subject until it resonates in your spirit so we can be effective. If you do not acknowledge the fact that there are angels that work in our lives, you are not going to understand how the kingdom functions. It just functions that way. God has chosen to have angels to be servants. Angels cannot be redeemed. They, in fact, the scripture says that they are inquisitive and they're really, they desire to look into our salvation because they don't understand redemption. Angels cannot be redeemed. You are not in the image of angels. We're in the image of God. But in our humanity, God has redeemed us by his blood. So they don't understand the power of the blood. They see the results, but we feel the results. Big difference. Big difference. And the other thing is, is that they are messengers, and they are there to follow the message and the instruction of God. But I want to explain it to you like this. Let me give you an example from the offset. I want to give you this. And we're going to go into it. Oh. Yeah, I know. I just lost my graphics. Oh, there it is. This is what it looks like. When someone is on their knees... And they begin to pray. There are literally portals. Portals. And I took the Avengers portal. Thank you very much. And I use it as an example to show you what happens. You know, when Jesus was on this earth, the scripture says that he told the disciples when they saw a miracle happen, he said, "Um, you ain't seen nothing yet, paraphrasing. He said, from this day forward, you're going to see the angels of God descending and ascending upon the Son of Man. Angels worked with Jesus. When he was facing Pilate in the judgment, Pilate said, don't you know I have the power to set you free? Jesus said, you wouldn't have any power except it was given you from above. He said, don't you know I can ask my father for legions of angels and he would send them. So see, angels were in the life of Jesus. And so they are in your life unaware that they operate in your life, but you have to know how and what they look for. What are they looking for? This is what God has chosen. God has chosen an innumerable amount, is what the scripture says, unable to count. And I want you to think about this for one moment. These demons are, demons are fallen angels. Evil spirits are fallen angels. And the scripture says that when Satan rebelled, that a third of those angels were cast down on the earth and to hell and were judged. So I want to encourage you and tell you that there are two angels against every one demon in this world. Because the two-thirds that were left were left there at God's disposal and at your disposal. So we outnumber the devil. 
I said, we outnumber with God's people and angels. We outnumber. There are more. Okay, let me say it again. There are more for us than there are against us. So how many of you would like to know how to activate these things and how to see angels work in your life? I'm not asking you if you want to see an angel. My goal in life is not to see angels. My goal in life is to see Jesus working in my life and seeing angels doing his bidding. Because I know how things happen. God works. So here's what you look for. I'm going to give you quick, quick points real quick. I'm not going to stay long because I'm going to move forward. And number one, when you understand this, it's not my first point, but this is something I'm doing pre-points about angels, how they work. Uh, number one, angels come to bring a message from God. They'll come and bring a message from God. When Daniel was praying, the angel showed up and told him, hey, the Lord heard your prayer from the first day. When Mary was inside uh, and when Mary was praying in, in her home, and she, or wherever she was at, she had an angel that appeared to her and gave her a message from God. When Joshua was there, a man, the captain of, of the armies of the living God, of the Lord of hosts, showed up to him, an angel, and spoke to him. Now, this was considered to be the Lord. Some think it was Jesus. Uh, you, you can do the research yourself, but it was in an angelic form. Angels have always been sent to give messages to God's people. It's very relevant to understand this. Even when Abraham and Sarah was going to have a child, God sent an angel. When there was something there with Gideon, he was so negative, and he felt so uh, discouraged in his life, Gideon, God sent an angel. There are so many things that God's angels do for us, but they are, number one, they are messengers. Number two, angels protect God's people. When you begin to pray, they will either bring a message to you or they will begin to protect you in all that you do. This is the position to stay in, to see God work. This is the position that you need to be in in order to see God function in your life. And that there are portals. I believe this with all of my heart because I have seen my own personal life. I've shared this with you before that I have felt like I've hit ceilings in my prayer times. How many of you can understand that? I mean, you feel like you hit a ceiling and you realize, you know, you're only hitting ceilings because you haven't broken through a barrier. You only hit ceilings because you haven't broken through barriers. Write that down. Because it is a fact that there are no limits with God. There are no limits with God. With men, things are impossible. But with God, say it again. Come on, doubters. All things are possible. Got to believe it. Got to get excited about it. Got to start embracing that thought process. It's called a shift in the paradigm, a paradigm shift. You have to shift your thinking. And until you start shifting your thinking and your belief system, uh, you cannot properly engage because your thoughts are really the source for the words that come out of your mouth. And God and angels are watching for those words. Angels are literally, according to the scripture, are looking over you, waiting to there to serve the most high God. So they're not looking for your words. They're looking for the word of God coming through your life. 
And how can you get God's word through your life if you're not in this position engaged with the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of God begins to engage. So many times what we do is we begin to pray. And, and here's one thing that I believe comes through these portals. Let's say fiancé or finance. Confused right now. There's, there is... We pray for things sometimes, but we don't realize that, that when God wants to touch us and bless us financially, that there is a substance in heaven called the riches of God. You understand this? There's something from heaven called the favor of God. And until we begin to recognize what opens up those portals, you know in the book of Malachi where it says, uh, Bring your offering, your tithes and your offering to the storehouse and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out. Okay, for some of you, that word window, actually you're thinking of the window in your home. That is not what the scripture is saying. You have to go look up that scripture and look at what it means in the Hebrew. It literally comes from the Hebrew word that means a gateway or an outpouring of a sluice. Like a dam being opened up. Not a window, but like a dam or a rock taken out from a stream. Like a spigot being poured out over you. So literally what God is saying is that if you'll line yourself up with your giving, or if you will, if you will pray and be obedient... And it's not about, let me, let me explain something to you. Um, here is our definition of prosperity. It's the ability that God's given you to break through any barrier that's withholding the will of God in your life. Prosperity has nothing, is not only about finance, and this sermon is not about finance. I'm giving you an example because there are people here that need a breakthrough in your finance. The most, some of the most successful people if you want to know what I've seen throughout my lifetime, which isn't much, but what I have seen is the, some of the most successful people and people that are blessed, they are all givers. And they all are in alignment with God's word the best that they can. They're not perfect, but they do the best that they can. And then God blesses them because everything's in alignment with that. Well, we don't recognize many times that the, re the reason why things are withheld from us, the reason why people aren't seeing an ROI, again, a return on their investment in the kingdom, is because it's not because of their giving. It's because there are some things that are blocking these portals that you have allowed to step in there that, aren't, that need to be removed. And the only way that angels can engage over the floodgates of heaven is you have to give them instruction. You have to be specific. You have to confess over your life. You must believe Deuteronomy chapter 28, you must believe that you are blessed and highly favored of God. You must believe that there is no more hindrances over your life because you are operating and testing God according to his word. If you are a giver, you must confess this every day. Lord, I bless my finance. I thank you for removing every angel demon that is trying to block my blessing. Move them from the portals of heaven and thank you for the substance that you're bringing into my life. Someone pull out a dollar real quick, real quick, pull out a dollar. I know I'm holding up on this, but for all of our first-time guests, I, it's not about money here, okay? It's about Jesus.
But this is an area a lot of people struggle with, with getting businesses going, get their careers going. They don't understand because prosperity many times doesn't come in the form of money. Sometimes it comes in the form of a business idea and wisdom, networks, opportunities, things that give you an opportunity to exercise your faith. So look at that dollar. Do you see on that dollar where it says that this is legal tender? It's a representation of another source. That dollar is a representation. That that dollar has no value. The value in that dollar is what it represents. You understand that? The value in that dollar is what it represents. Don't, I'm way over letting money offend me. I I used to be so scared as a pastor to talk about money because I didn't want to upset anybody. But I realize it's an important part to people's lives. It is so important. Jesus himself even said, if you can't be trusted with mammon, how can I, or, or money, how can I trust you with spiritual riches? So it's a biblical principle. And until you get it down and overcome that offense and that, that upset, the thing that upsets you and bothers you, you will never begin to see prosperity in your life. But we believe in provision, the provisionary gospel, not the, not the prosperity alone. The provisionary one that God will provide all of your needs according to his riches and glory on that dollar it represents something in the substance someplace else we call it Fort Knox and that's just a certificate and legal tender to pay a debt to take care of issues and problems because it represents something else it's just a piece of paper has no value. Well, this is the way it is in the kingdom. That is evidence of the things not seen. How many of you have ever seen the gold in Fort Knox? Has anyone ever seen the, been there, seen the gold? Anyone? But you have something that says it's there in your hand. You have something in your hand that says there's enough. It's there. We have faith for this kind of stuff. But that piece of paper could represent your healing in your life. That piece of paper can represent the debt of unforgiveness in your life because God's grace is rich in abundance and it never runs out. That piece of paper can represent the warfare and the things that you struggle with. So let's move on from here. That is the evidence in your hand. Turn to somebody and tell them, I've got evidence right here. I don't see the gold, but I know there's there someplace because I have this here. Well, in your, in your finances. Here's another thing. Here's another thing that's very big. Did I spell that right? Oh, I did. I'm going to just put it right over there. Relationships. That's another thing. Relationships. The struggles we have, we think we're fighting against flesh and blood, and we are not fighting against flesh and blood when we go through problems. We don't fight against flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? Mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds, 
casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Did you notice in that scripture, and I just quoted that scripture to you, that that's all referring to the mind? And until we get our thinking clear and understand how the kingdom functions, how many of you have ever had a problem, ever, have ever had a problem in a, in a store, a clothing store, a uh, grocery store, uh, car dealerships? When you have a problem, do you go ask for the bagger? When you have a problem, do you go talk to the mechanic that changes the tires? Not degrading anybody, but there are levels of authority. When you have a problem in a restaurant, do you speak to someone who just does the fries? Again, that's a great, glorious position if you work for Chick-fil-A, just saying. Just joking. Who do you go to? You go to the hierarchy, up the ladder, find the person who has the ability to make changes and make big decisions. Is that right? Because you know you're wasting your time. If you're, I mean, some of you have talked to those kind of people. You've had problems before with, with, the, with an issue with a store or something you bought or something was broken. You brought it back. And the first thing you say, because you want to bypass everyone else that doesn't have the ability to make decisions, the first thing you say is, I like to talk to the manager. I, I, I do something a little bit different. If it's a convenient, it's a local business, I don't ask for the manager. I want to talk to the owner. I want to talk to the person who actually gave birth to this thing that cares about it and knows that customer service is very important. Well, in the kingdom of God, God's children are very important to him. You love your children, right? How many of you love your children if you have kids? Well, God loves your children more than you do, and God loves you more than you know. And he cares about us. And what God wants to do is allow us to understand that we are seated with him in heavenly places. You take your seat with Christ when you're in this position. And you have prayers that have authority that are, uh, they are effective in heavenly places. If you want to know where the changes are really made before they come into earth, they're made in heavenly places, in the spiritual sense. Everything physical you see had a spiritual origin. Again, Hebrews chapter 11, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. By faith, the scripture says, the worlds were formed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made by things that do appear. You understand what that means? You're looking at a tree, but when God made it, it didn't come from another tree. It came from his thoughts, came from his command, came from his word. It existed in his heart first before it existed physically. Now, we are made in the image of God. If you're going to see change, you have to stop praying earthbound prayers. You have to start praying heaven-bound prayers where you have influence to be with the seed of Christ. I'm not saying you're God, but I'm saying you're like Nehemiah and you have an influence with the king so he can grant you passage to do and supply all your needs to fulfill your will of God in your life. 
Nothing's impossible. Nothing's impossible. What's another one most of you like to deal with? Just screaming at me right now. What do you like to talk about? I'm going to give you a chance to engage. What are you dealing with right now? Health. Let's talk about health. Kind of unusual that a pastor would give you a chance to do that, right? That's very risky for me, by the way. <laughs> Never know what anybody's going to say. When I talk about my husband, he keeps going to the Baga Lounge. I keep telling him not to go. <laughs> if you're not from Victoria, you don't know what the Baga Lounge is. <laughs> <laughs> you just never know what people are going to say. Anyway, <laughs> health. There are angels that bring healing into our lives. Did you know that the man who sat at the pool was waiting for an angel to come and stir up the waters? The belief was as soon as the angel came and his wings brisked the water, then it was that moment that whoever was ill would step in and be made whole. Right? But guess what Jesus did? Jesus came into his life and Jesus said, today's your day. You don't have to step into the water. The water's coming to you. How many of you are grateful for the Spirit of God, the river of life in your, in your life? And so he stepped into, into Christ's presence, or Christ stepped into his, and he was made whole that very moment. Okay. Everybody repeat after me. Our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in earth as it is in heaven okay so let me ask you a question are there illnesses in heaven according to our faith that's what god will do for us has god ever healed you of cancer or a tumor in your life raise your hand come on raise them up high raise them up high i'll say this about koi i mean you know koi is koi sloppy i'm gonna tell you right now koi the service that you were in where God healed you, there were spots in his lungs. Am I saying the story right? There were spots in your lungs. And you believed God in that church service and simply repeated, I am healed. And he went back to the, to the doctor, took the x-rays, and they were completely gone. That happened for real. I don't know about that crazy preacher. God's real. God's real. I believe an angel touched him. But that angel was carrying out the service of God because he quoted the command of God and the word of God, and God responded. Angels took care of it. Now, I'm not telling you that this is, this is um, I'm not condemning the process you're having to go through right now. I believe doctors are sent from God as well. I believe they are God's sins, and I also believe that God uses them, and I believe, I thank God for the, for, for the medical field, but there comes a point in your life that we have to get a revelation that Jesus is a healer. Jesus is a healer, and he's the great physician. The scripture says everyone Jesus prayed for, they were healed. 
Let me move on. So, so these are the things that you have to learn how to pray over your life. So you have to begin to speak and say things like this. Father, in the name of Jesus, I restrict every plan and strategy that the enemy has had over my life. That portal of health that's been blocked up, Father, remove it, and I receive the substance of God into my life, and your will is being done right now in my body, and I speak against every ailment in my body. I curse every cancerous cell. I begin to speak life into my spirit. I speak life into my mind. I speak life into my family. I am healthy. I am strong according to God's word. Now, some of you think I'm crazy, but some of you actually speak those things for a Corvette. I'm going to tell you something. I don't think God's ever going to answer that one. You can work hard for it and God will bring it. Nothing's impossible even when you work hard and there's nothing wrong with that. I say Corvette because that's probably one of my favorite cars. But I'm going to tell you something. I've learned a long time ago that I've learned to be content with what I have, but I am not content with when it comes to the kingdom of God and getting things done. I am not content when I'm not in the will of God or feel like I am lined up with God or feel like, you know what, this isn't God's will for me to suffer. I'm not content when I don't have a car. So I will speak one according to God's will in my life to drive and to have one. I will speak into my life that God will give me houses I didn't build. I will because it's a necessity, a basic necessity. But I'm not going to go overboard and simply begin to go upon my own lust and desire. I know where my authority lies. But more important to me, I'm talking about provision. So I will say things like this. Lord, you said in your word that God, that you will clothe the earth and you have provided food for the birds of the air. And you've never been without, they've never have been without your provision. So Father, I seek your kingdom first today. And I thank you for every substance and kingdom provision that's coming into my life today. Angels will hear that and say, he believes the, the word of God. And then you pray in the spirit and then God gives you a word. I'm, I'm talking a little bit ahead of myself, but I'm telling you, when you start praying in the Spirit, let me tell you something. Praying in the Spirit is one of the most important things you can do. It's one of the most powerful things you can do because there are things being said in the Spirit. You're speaking in tongues of angels. You're saying you're talking God's language, and they're getting instruction from you in that moment. They're saying, my, they probably can't even keep up with you. They're just saying, he's saying all kinds of stuff. God's saying all kinds of things to them today. Now, let me slow down. This is where you repeat what God says. When God gives you a word, don't just settle and hold the word. Give birth to the word. When God overshadowed Mary, he didn't intend for her to always stay pregnant. He intended for her to give birth. But most of us have our promises aborted. And most of us give our promises up for adoption. When God said, 
I've blessed you with that dream. I've blessed you with that promise. Until you start to learn and stop brushing off how real I am, instead you get rid of that, until you get rid of that machismo inside of you, you are never going to receive anything from me. Because even us sometimes, men, men, I know this sounds crazy, but you have to learn how to give birth. Don't get in the fetal position. I'm just telling you, you have to learn how to give birth. You have to push. You have to pray until success happens. I'm going to say it again. You have to pray until success happens. What is success? It's the fulfillment of God's will in your life. And God is raising up businessmen. God is raising up ministers. God is raising up couples together in ministry. God is raising up people in this church that have books that haven't been written, songs that haven't been sang, teachings that haven't been taught, things in your life that are necessary, careers that have not been embraced, positions, positions in your job, promotions that need to happen so you can be a godly influence in that business. I believe with all of my heart, when God puts a child, his children, in positions in a business, that business is blessed because of them being there. Why do you say that, Pastor Bobby? I'll tell you why. If your child and you own the business and you had your child in that business, wouldn't you want your children to do good? Wouldn't you make sure that they didn't lose their job? Wouldn't you make sure that that business would do well so they can do well? God loves you more than you love your children. That's all I'm saying. I have to move on. Let me give you some points so you can write them down because I have a lot of points and I'm coming to a close. I have to. Here we go. Number three, write this down in your notes. Uh, God, God's angels come to comfort and to minister to believers. Number four, angels execute God's judgment. In other words, God will fight your battles for you. And not all judgment is bad. Sometimes God begins to call, make a judgment call and say, from this day forward, the devourer will not come into their harvest anymore. From this day forward, see, a judgment call is what God did when he established the, heaven, the earth and told the waters, stay at bay. Did you know that the waters in the sea are still not on land simply because God said, let the water separate from the waters and let the dry land appear? Everything is being maintained by the commandment of God's word everything. So when God gives a decree and God begins to speak, there just sometimes that bad season you're in, it does come to an end, but it comes to an end when God says it. And many times it's not us waiting on God, it's God waiting on us. You have the power and the authority to release that from your life. If you're tired of going through what you're going through, do something different. Break the mold. Break the mold. And so the last one is this. Well, that was the last one. <laughs> Sorry. Let me give you the new one. Here's the new one. Point number one, here's what you don't want to do. Here's what you don't want to do. I told you what angels do and what you have to do, but now I'm going to tell you what not to do. Are you ready? Point number one, you can throw this up on the slide. Negative words or wrong speaking will offend the angels. Remember, if angels are there according to God's word and they respond to your faith, 
they'll also not respond to your doubt and fear. So here's what I'm saying to you. They only respond to God's word. Your negative words or wrong speaking can offend your angels. Listen to this. Psalms 103 and 20 says, Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word and heed the voice of the word. They listen. That's what are you, are you catching that? Excel in strength. That means they have power and authority given to them by God, who do his what? Word. That's whose word they, they obey. Not your words, God's word through you. Heeding to the voice of his word. Notice that, to the voice of his word. So angels, the angels of the Lord are commissioned to listen to and to be obedient to the voice of his word. The word of God moves angels into action. It moves them into action. You got to watch your words. You know what we're going to do in this church soon? We're going to go on a 40-day word fast. A lot of churches do it. We're not the only ones. I realize that. It's nothing new. But I think it's a good practice because a lot of what we say is hindering God from working in our life. So the worst thing you can do is have an unemployed angel. You got to realize that, that, again, the hierarchy of God, the, the Lord chose angels. He is so holy, so pure. He is the king of kings. He doesn't, he, his spirit is inside of you, but it's by the word of command. Even the centurion guard knew this and said to Jesus, I'm a man of authority just like you. I say to him, go, and he goes. I say to him, come, and he comes. So, Lord, just speak the word, and I know my servant's going to be healed. And Jesus said, I've not seen so great faith in Israel, not anyone like this. That's what's happening. The words and we're not speaking the word of God and believing the word of God. And so we are complaining. When are we complain about everything? I know it's hard when you're in the moment and you feel so strong about something and you're upset about something or frustrated with something and you, and you start blaming God sometimes, right? Nobody will admit it. I guess I'll be the first one. And me and Miss Betty over here. We blame God. Why? Because we trust God so much and we thank him for every good thing. So when something bad happens, we think it's his fault too. Sometimes it's just a matter of something, not, something bad not happening. Sometimes it's something that's void in our life. Or something bad that happens, sometimes it's the void in our lives. There's no operation. And number two, unbelief will offend your angels. Unbelief will offend your angels. When you don't believe, it'll cause the angels to step out to make sure you stop talking about it. Something will change your mind, I promise you. If you are a child of God and God is training you and teaching you and he loves you so much, he will allow things to come in to help persuade you differently, to prove that he's right. And your words have to change. Either he brings the negative into your life, according to your faith, because fear is faith in reverse, right? So you can speak things out of fear and insecurity and frustration, and God may allow it to come to pass. 
But listen to this. Listen to a case in point. Here's what I'm going to tell you. Let me just give you this. Zechariah was filled with fear. No one else permitted was permitted to come in when Zechariah was there and the angel showed up and told him that I'm going to give you a child. He told him his name would be John. And the angel said, you're going to have a son. In Luke chapter 1, 13 and 17, he is going to be named John, for he is going to go before the Lord and he is going to come in the spirit of Elijah in power. But what happened in the scripture Zechariah didn't, he asked a question, how is this going to be? He, he, he was an unbelief. The angel of the Lord said to him, listen to this, you will be mute and not be able to speak until the day of these things take place because you did not believe my words. And I don't, I'm not saying to you that God will cause you to stop speaking, but God will show you that your words aren't effective. And until you learn how to change this, it's not going to change. And your surrounding and your environment isn't going to change. In order for God to be in control of your life, you have to let him have control of your heart. Boom. If I had a mic, I'd drop it right there. I'd take this off, throw it, but I'd have to put it back on. I'm just telling you, God wants to change your life. But first, he wants to change your heart. Let me move on. Are you ready? Here, number three, sin will offend your angel. Oh, no, here it is. I'm going to go to another church. <laughs> no, but baby, I told you not to go there. That preacher's crazy. He's just religious. Sin. To him that doeth good and doeth it not, the scripture says to him, it is sin. I'm not the sin police, folks. But I will tell you, when you do sin, and you know what it is, you know what that S-I-N is, right? No one has to tell you, we all know what's right, we all know what's wrong, we all know what God's word says. So we deny it sometimes. We become, our conscience becomes seared that we have overlooked it. But the truth is, is that when it does happen, we find ourselves in a position that makes us limited in our life. So again, let's go to the guy who was in the pool of Bethesda. He was there again, right? And then he goes, John chapter 5, verse 1 through 15, we find the story of a lame man who'd been lying in the pool there for, again, 38 years. And so he goes and he begins to to wait. But when Jesus comes, he says, rise up and walk. But then listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. The man immediately was healed. And Jesus then said to him, verse 14, verse 14, look what it says. See, you have been made well. You have been made well. I don't know if you have that scripture or not, but just, just write it down. Go home and read it. Verse 14 out of chapter five. He said, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. You hear that? You have allowed sin 
is the gateway for hell to wreck your life. Write that down. Sin is the gateway for hell to wreck your life. And they didn't say anything about this man sinning to be in this lame position beforehand. It ne- we, we, he said he was just there. He was lame. He couldn't get into the water. He had an excuse. Thank God Jesus overlooked his negative words and just stepped into his life. But he told him and gave him warning, don't sin anymore. With that, I don't know how we're going to do that, Pastor Bobby. I'll tell you how. By the grace of God. The power of God in your life will give you different desires. I know it's hard to fathom. Listen, I'm, I'm doing a crew coming up. I'm having a small group, and it's all focused on people who want the baptism of the Holy Spirit and want to understand it and grow. And I will give you an invitation right now. I gave it Wednesday. I am here every morning at the church at 6 a.m. to 7, 7.30 praying, and I invite you to come if you want to come. It is not a counseling session for you to come and talk to me about problems because I'm praying. I will get here at 6 o'clock. We put the music on here, nothing fancy, but I'll read a portion of Scripture, and I'll pray for us, and then we all find our places and pray, and you can leave what you want. So I'm here at 6 a.m. every morning. If you want to come, don't ever say this church doesn't have prayer because we pray. So you're invited. No pressure. But it's available for you because some of you are going to need those mornings. I need it every day, but I'm just telling you, there's nothing like that. So we told him, hey, don't mess up. Here's, here's, here's one number four, point number four. Not giving God glory can offend the angel of the Lord. You've got to give God glory for everything in your life. And when you give God the glory and you give God the credit for every good thing, every small thing, start with the small things, folks. Start with the small things. Learn to give God thanks with the small things. And as you begin to train yourself, when everything good happens, you're just going to pop out of your mouth. Thank you, Jesus. It'll happen like that. I'm telling you, they're not faking it. We're not faking it. We're not trying to impress anybody, but we're really sincere about it. When something good happens, thank you, Jesus, because we know that every good and perfect gift comes from above. But whenever somebody says, look what I have done, or look, oh, that's no big deal, or you ever seen that guy? You don't know who I'm talking about. God did a miracle. I got a raise. No appreciation. Now, some of us may not say it, but it's in our hearts. But you got to get it in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Just a simple thank you. Just a simple thank you goes a long ways. I love doing things for people that are appreciative. I love it. I'm going to tell you, if, you ever, if, you, if I ever do anything for you, and, and there's no strings attached there, but you give me a sincere thank you, I'm going to tell you something. Something arouses in me like, like the Holy Ghost just gets stirred, and I'm like, man, I'm going to bless them again. I enjoyed that because they were so grateful. 
Even whenever you aren't grateful, I'm still doing the will of God, so I'm thankful that I'm pleasing Him. But there's something about gratitude. When God blesses you, it puts you in a position for more. It just does. How many of you like, like thanking God? You better like thanking God because that means that God is blessing you. When God blesses you, you thank Him in your life. And, and again, we're talking about every area of your life. Prosperity is God removing every obstacle to help you fulfill His will in your life. That's what prosperity is. John said, I pray that your soul, that you prosper even as your soul prospers. And, and, so, and so forth. But, but here is the last thing, and I close with this. And Haley, you can come. Disobedience to the Word can offend your angel. Disobedience to the Word can offend your angel. When you're disobedient, God will use the strangest things to help you if you want help. But after a while, when you ignore the voice of God inside of you, you He just allows you to go. Have you ever said to yourself, this is it, Lord, I give up, and you're kind of like sitting there waiting and it's like God saying, go ahead. Nobody's stopping you. Right? There's a door. Don't let it hit you with a good Lord. <laughs> and it's like no one stops you. You know what, God, I give up. I'm going to do this. And you're sitting there ranting and raving, and all of a sudden, nothing happens. Like God said, okay, go ahead. But I thank God he sends a correction through his spirit sometimes. There was someone in Numbers chapter 22. Numbers chapter 22. When the angel of the Lord heard of Balaam, and God rebuked him, but he used a donkey to talk to him because he struck the donkey but listen to this he was so upset why have you struck your donkey these three times behold I have come out of the stand to stand against you because your way is perverse before me the donkey saw me and turned aside and from me in these three times and, and if he had not turned aside to from me surely I would have also killed you by now and let her live the word God is displeased when we lose our anger and, and before then the, the donkey was talking to, to him. What? God can talk to you so many different ways, but he does this to correct you, to help you stay on track and stay on line. The most important thing to God is that your, his will is fulfilled in your life. His will be done. Your will be done in earth where I live in earth, not just in another state. God gave that prayer to the disciples so he can give them the principle that they have to infuse and invite him into their world. So, Lord, over my life, I thank you for manifesting the kingdom of God to work through me. Your will be done today, God, in my life where I live, in my family, and here. But when we're disobedient to that, we just do nothing more than allow the portals of heaven to be blocked. To be blocked. 
So we don't worship angels, but you have to recognize and get it in your conscience that they are the servants of the Most High God, and God has chosen them to carry out His Word and His will. And until you start speaking the Word of God and applying it personally to your life, you will not see change. And you have to stop talking negatively. Stop talking. The only way you can stop talking negatively is replacing it with other words. It's a choice. It is a choice, but sometimes what makes it so hard is our feels. We're in our feels, right? We're in our feelings. And it's so easy. (laughs) I know. I know. I've lost my temper before with some things. I've lost my temper, and it didn't didn't do any good, but it sure did feel good. How many of you can agree with that? It just feels good sometimes just to let it out, but it doesn't do any good. doesn't do any good, guys. But I will tell you, the Word of God will last forever. It shall come to pass. It will outlast heaven and earth. And you're not by yourself. You're not by yourself. You have angels that work with you. You have a host. There are more for you than are against you. There are more for you. And in the scripture, you'll find the term 10,000. In the book of Revelation, you'll look at this in the book of Revelation. He has it there where whenever God said this, look it up for yourself. Revelation chapter 5, verse 11 says that there were 10,000s of 10,000s and thousands times thousands of angels. But the word 10,000, when you look it up, it literally means an, an, a symbolism, symbolically representing an innumerable account. It's not an actual 10,000, it's just an expression of a number that can't be counted. We, we don't know. What a two-thirds of angels, it said two-thirds, but we don't know what the number is. But according to Scripture, you and I can't count them. It's too many. There are too many. So don't ever say, I don't have any help. You've got help. You have more help than what you know. You've got the comforter. You've got the Holy Spirit. You've got the power of God in your life. But he's given you angels to carry out his will, to fight your battles. It happened to Daniel. Daniel, God said to Daniel, to the angel, he said, I heard you on the first day, but listen, today I had I broke through the lines. Why did I why did he break through? Because Daniel was in this position right here. He was having financial relational problems. He was having problems with the law, with government. But because Daniel stayed in that position, angels were able to break through into his life through the portals of heaven and come in and back him up. How many of you are glad for that today? That's not just Daniel, that's you. Thank you for listening to the Covenant Life Center podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, then subscribe and follow us on social media at CLC Victoria. Connect with us by visiting our website, clcvictoria.org.